Hi and welcome to Why It Matters, a podcast series from The Straits Times where we take a close look at one news story every week. My name is Jeremy Aoyong and this week we will be talking about the topic of social mobility and inequality, especially when it comes to schools. With me today, I'm joined by Senior Education Correspondent Sandra Davey. Hi Sandra. Hi Jeremy. Thanks for joining me. So social mobility has been in the news this past few weeks with both President Halima Yaakob and Prime Minister Lee Hsien Loong speaking about it in Parliament. And PM specifically brought up the issue of inequality when it comes to schools. He relayed this anecdote about some parents being reluctant to send their kids to RI, not because they couldn't cut it academically, but because they were worried that their child may not fit in with all the rich kids there. So you've looked into this issue is this fear of inequality in our elite schools founded? Is there, is there a growing perception that Hua Chong or RIs are the preserve of the elite? Actually, I wish we had more data. For example, with regards to RI, I would like to know what proportion of their students live in three-room flats or smaller, even smaller flats. What percentage of them qualify for financial assistance from MOE? But we don't have those figures. But if you go with some of the figures that they had given out, for example, about half of them living in HDB flats, from that alone, you can tell that there is social stratification happening because 80% of Singaporeans live in HDB flats. Right. But what proportion of the students? Uh, only half, is it? So they're underrepresented. Only half, yeah. So they are definitely underrepresented. But figures given out in previous years have suggested that it could be as low as 15% of the students receiving financial assistance. So I think it's definitely happening. And it's of concern because it's been flagged by the politicians, including the Prime Minister recently. Yeah. I mean, on the, the subject of financial aid, how expensive is it to go to is it to these elite schools? Is it more expensive? Is it why is that an indicator? It is a lot more expensive. It's uh, three hundred dollars school fees for RI compared to just over twenty dollars for the other secondary schools. But I think and that's, that's per semester that's or issue. per year. Or what? That's per month. Oh, yeah. But I think the issue is not really uh, affordability to RI or Hua Chong because they give out scholarships which basically covers all the fees. I think the question that we need to ask here is really why aren't these kids making it to these schools? And uh, of course, some of the suggestion has been that despite making the cut for RI, which is as high as 257 last year, there are some students who don't want to go to these schools because they worry that there might be other hidden costs, such as school trips, for example. And also books. Books are expensive. Textbooks are expensive. But the truth of the matter is, is that it's not even this. To start with, as uh, the school officials have said, very few kids from the lowest socioeconomic background actually make the cut for RI. Okay, so we start with them not being not making the cut. And then you, among those who do, some of them are still worried about costs. So there yes. is this stratification problem, or at least there seems to be starting to grow. Yes, yes, definitely. How did we get to this point though? I don't know whether Hua Chong and RI were always like this in the past, or is this something that has been happening often? Well, if you talk to the old boys of RI, they're quite concerned about 
the social stratification that's happening because when they went to RI, you know, they were friends with kids from very humble backgrounds. They themselves, people like sociologist Tan and Sir talks about how he came from a rental flat and he had friends from all walks of life. But it's a very different picture now. Most of the kids get driven to school in quite nice cars. Many of them, the large percentage of them, live in condominiums and private housing. But is there a sense of what took place over the years that caused this stratification? Is it just some policy change or, I don't know, just the way... Well, part of it happens really in any societies. Singapore has become more affluent and naturally uh, the more affluent parents are able to give their kids much more opportunities. They're able to give them tuition, high-end tuition at that, send them for drama classes, communication courses, even coaching in sports. So they're able to seize better opportunities and access these top schools and that's why over the years social stratification has happened. Okay so that I, I know we, we've spoken a lot about RI and Hua Chong but that sounds from what you're saying like the problem may, may be starting earlier than that that by the time they get to the Hua Chongs and the RIs you are already seeing the result of something that happened earlier. Right I think some people will even point to the primary school registration scheme for example which advantages alumni, for example, and parents who can volunteer their time to be parent volunteers at the school. Your poor parent who's doing shift work and struggling to keep a job will not be able to volunteer right. the time to, to the school. So again, as some people have pointed out, the primary one registration scheme already advantages certain groups. And then if you look at all the research that's ongoing in education, a lot of research shows that the gap between rich kid and the poor kid actually happens even before that. So there's studies pre-kindergarten pre even. Yeah. In fact, there's studies showing that if you compare the vocabulary of a kid from a welfare home and a kid from an affluent home, the gap is something like 32 million words by, the t by age four. Uh, so the, the, the poor kid starts lagging behind very early this on. 32 million words, is the words that they're exposed to? or that The words that they hear, yes. So, so it's just in terms of how much their parents speak to them? Yes, a lot of it has to do with the parents' interaction with the child, which helps to build the, the, the brain, uh, the neurons in the brain. So what, what uh, have the conversations been around how to solve this problem? Because it seems quite deep-seated. Yeah, so a lot of research now shows that early childhood education and care matters a lot, but it must be of high quality. And in helping a child from a disadvantaged background, you also have to help the parents provide better parenting. Okay, so there's an early childhood education. Are they doing anything at the levels beyond that to try and somehow even the playing field or to encourage poorer students who can make the cut to go to an elite school? Yes, schools like RI, for example, actually start reaching out to the, some of these kids in the neighbourhood primary schools. They identify the kids who are doing well and give them up to $1,000 to buy additional books or go for enrichment activities and basically aim uh, to do better, to, to make it to schools like RI. They even get their students to mentor some of these primary five and primary six kids. They expose them to what RI has to offer. 
they bring their teachers in and explain to them the different kinds of help that they offer these kids so that if they do make the cut, they will not hesitate and they will not worry about all the hidden costs. So the school has already also actually been aware of this problem for a while and they're actually trying to Yes, they've been reaching out but uh, with limited success actually because although RI, for example, gives out something like 60 to 70 awards a year, in the end only one or two kids finally enroll in RI. Yeah. Okay, I guess my last thing is, you know, I feel like at some point, the fact that we're even talking about this means that the attempt to try and equalise the schools, the every school is a good school thing, is, isn't exactly working out. Is that fair to say? Uh, it's not for lack of trying or in terms of the resources that are being provided by the schools. But, you know, schools like RI have a long history and they're supported by alumni. And just going by the kind of students who go to these schools, who attend these schools they end up doing better naturally because, you know, they have more exposure, more opportunities. So, of course, unfortunately, we judge how good a school is based on how well the, the students perform in the PSLE or the O-Levels. The brand name still matters, like yeah, I Yeah, so, you know, that, that cycle that uh, is perpetuated, yeah, to a certain extent. All right, Sandra, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Jeremy. Uh, thanks for listening. That's it for this episode of Why It Matters. Do read the feature on inequality in schools at the website of Straits Times, where you can also find podcasts on various other topics. 